Well, we are, uh, we are in the middle of our series of knowing God. We're actually toward the, the tail end of it. Um, and Dustin has done such an amazing job of teaching us through. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I don't know... Uh, I don't know if it's helped you as much as it's helped me, but I will tell you that, man, throughout the whole series, week by week, as he has broken down the different characteristics of God, it has just really been an eye-opener. It's been a faith builder. It's done so much for me. I hope that it's done the same for you. And so this week, I'm going to carry us forward. Uh, you don't get dust in this week, uh, and I apologize for that right now. I just... I'm just going to apologize right now. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into uh, the word today. So would you pray with me? Uh, Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, God, for uh, placing us here this morning. God, this, this di divine encounter that we have with you this morning, let this not be just another week. Let this not be just another sermon. Let this be something that we lean into and we listen for you and your spirit to speak, that it would prick our hearts in a whole new, fresh way, God, and that you would speak so specifically to us that we would know it is from you, that we would know that it is from you. Have your way today, Lord Jesus. Just simply use me as your vessel. Just speak right through me and let your word be spoken. Let it be clear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you guys ever feel like life is just crazy? <laughs> right? Like, that's pretty much a rhetorical question, right? I mean, it is just crazy. Life is insane sometimes. You know, we, we wake up, we go right to work. Sometimes, for a lot of us now, it's just running to the basement. Um, but nonetheless, we go to work, and we're busy, we're uh, overwhelmed and stressed at work, trying to get everything done in this short window of time. And, and then we eventually break away from that and we run and have some dinner with the family and try to get some family time in. And a lot of times we have plans that evening, you, or you got to run the kids to this sporting event, or they got to go to this and that. You're running around like you're an Uber driver. And then, you know, if it's Thursday night, you're here at Life Groups, right? Yeah. All right. Thank you. And and so um, I'm on virtual, so I'm plugging Saturday or Sunday evenings. If you want on the there we go, Mallory. If you want to do the virtual group, we're there. Uh, but yes, we, it's crazy. And then you go to bed at, late at night. You wake up early, do it all over again, right? And it's just this hamster wheel that sometimes we get to move in and, and shake in. It's chaotic. It's chaotic. I uh, years ago, I. Um, Man, it was, it was one of those seasons at work where you are just slammed and you're overwhelmed and I'm just in it. I'm just trying to get us through this. And, um, and it was about 5.30 at night and I was supposed to have done left. I told Tara I was leaving, you know, 50 minutes ago and, and I'm still there. And, um, and so I, I'm trying to get this done. Finally, I'm about ready to just say, okay, let's shut it down. Let's get home. And right when I kind of make that decision, I get a phone call. And it's a phone call from uh, a couple of my peers. Um, and I could tell from the moment I heard their voice and the tone of their voice that this was not going to be a pleasurable conversation. And uh, like I said, I was already all wound up tight, 
stressed out, overwhelmed, and, and I'm, I'm just, it's crazy land up in here, all right? That's where I'm at. And, um, and so they go into it, and, and to be honest with y'all, our teams weren't really getting along super well. So I've been in this process of trying to work it out and figure it out and partner together. Let's get through this thing. And here they are calling me at 5.30 at night, and I can tell this is going to be another one of those conversations that I just, I'm not in the mood for, quite frankly. And so sure enough, they go into it, and they come at attack on me and my team, and here we go. And guys, I lost my mind. <laughs> I lost it. I, you know, the... The team, I, I prided myself because the team called me the voice of reason. I was the cool, calm, collected one, you know? Like, that was me. And, and because I was so wound up that I just, boom, I lost it. One of my managers was sitting right next to me. Her desk was right next to me. And she, <laughs> I noticed when I, I lost it a little bit, um, that she, she quickly gathered her stuff and bolted. <laughs> She told me the next day, I've never, ever seen, I didn't know that is, was in you. And guys, sometimes we get so wound up tight that we start acting like someone that we're not even, we, we're out of character, right? Sometimes, you know, we wear this badge of honor of this busyness. Hey, how you doing? Man, I'm busy. You know, you're like proud of it. Man, I'm busy. Like I'm something because I'm busy. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's the common response, right? I'm busy, but when I look at Psalm 46, there's this picture painted of all the chaos and the crazy. It says the waters roar and foam, the mountains quake with their surging. And then I get to verse 10 and it says, be still and know that I am God. He says, hey, there's crazy, there's chaos. But be still and know that I am God. So I've got a, an early challenge for you today. <laughs> I'm hitting you with a challenge right out of the gate. So this week, this is what I'm going to try to do. You guys are welcome to join, all right? But this is what I'm going to try to do. I am going to try my best to end those moments in time when it's just crazy and it's chaos. And, and, and you, know, you know how... I don't know about you guys, but every moment of every second, I sometimes feel like I have to fill it with something. I, I play basketball in the morning, so I got up at 5.30 a.m. Obviously, everyone's asleep. I'm trying to tiptoe through the house, and I'm about heading out the door, and right before I head out the door, I'm like, oh, I need to get my earbuds so that I can listen to a podcast or listen to a video or you know, listen to music, something just to fill this three and a half second drive to the, the gym. Like I can't, it's right down the road, but yet I feel the need to like fill every second. Or like there's this gap and moment in time and I, I pull out my phone and I have to just like fill this half a second with just scrolling through something. Anyone do that? Like I caught myself uh, just the other day, and if I'm being honest, I do this regularly, but I thought of it uh, the other day. I was going to the restroom, not the long one, the short one, okay? So, and listen, I'm getting out my phone. It's like, I can't take 30 seconds to just like live in my own thoughts and like, 
You know, it's crazy. We feel every second of every moment because we feel this need to. And so here's my challenge. Back to the challenge. When we have those moments in time, rather than pulling and scrolling social and this nothingness that we, we scroll through a lot of times, I'm going to choose to just talk to God in those moments. That simple. That simple. If it's 30 seconds, I'm going to talk to him rather than wasting my time looking at my phone. You guys are welcome to join me, but that, that, that's, that's what I'm going to do this week because, listen, today our topic is that we serve a God of peace. We serve a God of peace. I think something as simple as that, that little silly challenge, I believe I will feel more peace from God this week just because of that little step. Just because of that little step. Now, listen, we don't have to go very far and look very hard into Scripture to see that this is a truth, that we serve a God of peace. I'm going to rattle off a few Scriptures here quickly for us, and this just barely even scratches the surface, but we're going to start in Philippians 4.9. It says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Jump into Hebrews 13.20. Now may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. That sounds great, doesn't it? When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it seems like every few weeks around here. So we, we look to Galatians 5, It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Peace. This is all throughout Scripture. And all these Scriptures that I just went through were written from Paul. And he was sending all these different letters out to all these different churches and all these different regions that they are trying to spread the good news of what Jesus Christ had just done, right? And listen, he wanted to make it abundantly clear that through the chaos, we serve a God of peace. We serve a God of peace. That was an important message that he was trying to get out to everyone, right? 1 Corinthians 14.33. This gives us a little bit more to chew on here. It says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. The Greek translation for confusion here is disorder or unrest. So the opposite of peace is this disorder this unrest, this confusion. It's the very opposite. So we know that the way that God works, the way that he communicates to us, the gifts that he gives you, it will be that there will be peace and that there will be order. 
If you're wondering what God is trying to do in your life or how he's trying to do it, you will know that it will lead to peace and order. I think this is amazing news. I think this is amazing news because, listen, this is why I believe the local church, this is why I believe you are the hope of the world. Because when we look around the world, I see a lot of disorder, I see a lot of unrest, I see a lot of confusion, and I certainly see a lot of division right now. And so it's up to us. It's up to us to show the world the God that we serve. He is a God of peace. He is a God of order. Because if he wasn't, if he enjoyed confusion, if he enjoyed this unrest and this disorder, could we turn around and then call him a good loving God? No. But this is why we can surely say that he is a good and loving God because he wants you to live in peace. He wants you to live in peace in a world of chaos. So I have three points today of our part that we play, that we can live in this this way of peace, that we could experience his peace. Three points, and my first one is that we must trust in God. We must truly trust in God. I had a job opportunity that recently just kind of came up out of nowhere. And it, you know, it was like, oh, cool, you know, whatever. And then I started looking into it. And I'm like, oh, this would be pretty cool. Like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to like get excited about it and dreaming about it and all this kind of stuff. And, and so I turned to God, God, I just trust you. Like your will be done. God, have your way. I just trust that your will will be done. God, I trust you. I trust you. But, but let me go look at my email just to see if the recruiter's responded yet. And, and let me give it another 30 seconds and let me, let me refresh it. Let me, see if, <laughs> let me see if that recruiter's responded. And it's on my mind constantly. And it's hard to really honestly trust God sometimes, isn't it? When we're going through certain things in life, it is hard. And, and let's not be misled because this idea of peace doesn't mean that there's not going to be hardships that there's not going to be pain, that we're not going to still struggle with fear. We, we struggle to trust because we live in this state of fear. Far too often, I know, speaking for myself, I'll live in this state of fear. I'll operate out of this state of fear. It'll paralyze me at times. I'll get so up in my head and all this self-talk and and just living out of fear to where it paralyzes me. Any of you go through those seasons where you just, you're, you're living out of this state of fear. Think about the things that you, you're telling yourself. Think about that you're, the things that you're saying, the things that you're posting. Think about the things that you're doing. Is it out of a state of fear? Is it out of a state of fear? Because Jesus says, He told us, don't worry. Stop all the worrying. He told us that, didn't he? It's not going to do you any good, he said. It's not going to buy you any more time. It's not going to help any. But he had that spirit of Bobby McFerrin, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) Don't worry. That's what he told us. A few weeks ago, 
Dustin spoke on the God of wisdom. If you did not catch that one, you must go back and listen to that one. You must go back and listen to that one. It's on YouTube. It's on podcasts. It's on our website. It's on our app. It's everywhere. You, it's just go. Go listen to it. It was amazing. He taught us that God will always choose the best outcome, and he will do the best means, use the best means to get to that outcome. He taught us that God is all-knowing. There is nothing that has surprised him. There's nothing that will ever surprise him because he's already all-knowing, and he's all-powerful. And he's all-powerful. So when you put these together, he will always choose the best outcome for you and the best means to that outcome. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. And watch what Proverbs 3.17 tells us about his wisdom. It says, her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. Peace must always be linked to trusting God and his wisdom. When we really trust, when we really trust in him, we get to experience his peace. We know that there's going to be heartaches. We know that that's going to be the case, but we know that in trusting with God and trusting in God, he will walk right through all of those heartaches right with us. And we can latch on to him and we'll know he's with us. Amen? So I say it's time that we begin to truly, honestly believe. I think it's time that we truly believe that he knows best, that he knows what he's doing. I say it's time that we truly put our faith and trust in him because all the paths will lead to peace. The second thing, the second thing is that it's time to move. Now, if you've been around here this year, this is our word of the year is to move. Last year, it was to be obedient. And this year, it's time to move. It's time to move. The reason why I'm calling this out is I want to clarify something, that peace does not equal inactivity. Peace is not a crutch for us to not do something, okay? We serve a God of peace, but it also says in Psalm 121 that God will neither slumber nor sleep. It says in John 5, 17, my father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working, Jesus said. We serve a God of peace and a God that never slumbers nor sleeps, that he is so intentional. No, it's not the scrolling through the nonsense busyness. It's like intentional. There's a difference, right? There's a difference. So we've got to get out of this. We've always viewed, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times when I think of peace, I'm like chilling on the couch. That's like, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm chilling on the couch. I'm getting some rest. I'm taking a nap, which never happens. I have three kids, so um, it sounds great. Uh, but, but we serve this God that never sleeps nor 
slumbers. Mark Batterson, I believe it's my mother's favorite author, he says, work like it depends on you, but pray like it depends on God. I love that. I'm going to say it again. He said, work like it depends on you, like you are the hands and feet. Work like it depends on you, but pray like it depends on God. I mentioned all those letters that Paul sent out to all these churches, all these different regions. Listen, they were, they were on the move. I mean, they were, they were moving and shaking. They were traveling all throughout the Middle East. They're trying to spread the gospel, the good news of the gospel. They're, they're riding on donkeys through scorching hot weather. They are, they are sailing through stormy waters, right? Scripture tells us all of this crazy that they were going through. They're being attacked from every angle. They're running from town to town to literally save themselves and their lives. It was chaos. It was chaos. But yet, look at what Acts 9.31 says. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace. They were, there was chaos. There was movement. They were shaking and making things happen. But yet they enjoyed peace. It wasn't this, this vision of I'm chilling, sleeping, resting, was it? It was I'm moving, I'm shaking, I'm spreading the gospel, and I enjoy peace. And it said that they were built up and they continued to increase. They enjoyed peace, they were built up, and they continued to increase. So peace isn't this lying around Binging on Netflix, it wasn't, it wasn't that. Peace, it's ordered, controlled activity that lines up with the will of God. Peace is ordered, controlled activity that lines up with the peace of God. So we're going to trust in him. We're going to get to moving. And the third thing is, we're going to enjoy what God created. We're going to enjoy what God created. I know Zach's going to back me up on this one. Yep. <laughs> so sometimes when, you know, Tara and I, there's a lot going on, and we're just, we're not on the same page. You know how you get like that? You're, just, you're both running separate ways, and you're not aligned, and it's just ugh, crazy. What we like to do, and I'm so glad that the weather is getting nicer out, but what we like to do is we like to just go for a walk throughout the neighborhood. You know, like I leave the phone at home, I'm going for a walk, and we just talk, enjoy each other's company, but we just observe, a lot of just like observing nature. You know, like you just look around at the trees and the birds flying and chirping and the sky and you breathe in the fresh air. And, and it's something that simple, just going out and enjoying nature. By the time I get home, I feel like a new man. I feel so rejuvenated. Tony and I were talking about jogging last week, and he's way more of a jogger than I am. Uh, let's make that crystal clear. Um, but, but we talked about how there's something about just getting outside and running 
it clears all the mental stuff going on in your head. It just clears it all up. Something about enjoying what God created, enjoying nature. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's something about it. There's something, I mean, there's something about that. But let me throw another one at you. It also includes enjoying you. Enjoying yourself. Genesis, it tells us that he created you in his image. He created you. We are really good at beating ourselves up, aren't we? We are so good at beating ourselves up. I, um, when I was nine years old, my cousin and I were so excited to play Little League football. Like, we were so pumped. And, uh, and so we were both nine years old, and we're going to go play football together, and we were so stoked about it. And so our, our dads take us to our first practice, and the first thing they had us do was step on a scale. <laughs> so my cousin steps on the scale, and he's like a normal nine-year-old. And so he gets and plays in the nine-year-old division. And I step on the scale, probably being the youngest nine-year-old there. And uh, they're like, yeah, you're going to have to play with the 10-year-olds because you're heavy, all right? So I remember this so vividly. I I played the whole year, you know, uh, up basically a level. And um, and so I remember so vividly the the last game of the year, they had us weigh in again because there's been, you know, it's been a little bit of time. We've got to make sure everyone's still in that weight division. And uh, I'm I'm nine years old. And... uh, (laughs) And I weigh, and I can still see the scale, y'all. Like, it's, it's vivid, okay? I weighed the maximum weight for the 10-year-olds, all right? 110 pounds, bam, right there. Scraped in. Let me tell you, I still identify myself today as that 9-year-old chubby boy that had to play with the 10-year-olds. And because of that, because of that, it, I, I obsess over it. Like, I am so self-conscious, so self-conscious. I can't even begin to tell you how much it's going on up here. Because I identify still with this silly nine-year-old boy. Like, guys, I've told you a million times, I love donuts. Like, I really love donuts. It is definitely a problem. Um, but I love donuts. I feel, like, I feel like Paul in Romans when, he, when he's like, I, do, I see a donut, and I go back to this scripture every time. It's ridiculous. I do what I don't want to do, and I know what, I have the desire to do good, but I just can't carry through with it. I must have that jelly donut. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's something that's so silly, but it, it, it drives inside of me so much. What do you identify as? What, what do you identify as? What runs on in your mind? What do you tell yourself 
that you can't do because I am this. Right? Like we, we all do it. It's different for each of us, but we all do it. What do you identify as? And when do we get to flip the script on this thing? When are we going to come together and say, I was created in God's image. Like the creator of everything, I was created in his image. We've got to learn to enjoy who God has created us to be. We need to learn to enjoy who God has created us to be in order to get to this place of peace. We create all this confusion and disorder because of these silly things that we identify with. But when are we going to start to identify with the God Almighty that created us in the image that he made us to be? In fact, in, in Jeremiah 1.5, it says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, before I even formed you, I knew you. He said, I chose you before you even entered this world. I created you so specifically, so intentionally. When are we going to grab hold of that and say, man, the God that created everything was so specific with how he created me and the way that I am right now. Because listen, none of us, none of us are perfect. <laughs> none of us are perfect. We beat ourselves up over those little things that drive us crazy, but none of us are perfect. We're all going through this growing process. God is the creator and we are the clay and he's molding us. He's shaping us. Can we just enjoy that we are being shaped and created by the Father? Enjoy who he's created us to be and begin to enjoy the process. We are all being molded and shaped into who he created us to be. Because ultimately, ultimately he's going to shape us to fulfill what he has called you to fulfill. Because you have a purpose. You have a purpose to serve. And he is molding you and shaping you to step into that. We're all going through it. We're all going through it. Let's begin to enjoy it. Can we do that? Can we, can we do that? When do we get to say, when do we get to go ahead and start declaring, I am fearfully and wonderfully made? When can we flip it from this nine-year-old self to, I am fearfully, I am wonderfully made? His word says so. That's what his word said. I am fearfully I am wonderfully made. When we do this, we get to experience peace. When we begin to enjoy who he's created us to be, we begin to, to enjoy his peace. When we look to the beginning of the Bible, it tells us that God created the heavens and the earth and said it was good. It was paradise. It was a place of peace. 
Satan comes into the picture and sin in, enters the picture. And immediately there's chaos, there's disorder, there's unrest, there's hiding, there's shame. We read throughout the whole Old Testament that the Israelites, one moment, they're living in God's favor. They're glorifying God. They're living and experiencing the peace of God. And then the next you know it, they disobey him. And then here comes the disorder and the chaos. And it was this back and forth. Throughout the whole Old Testament, we see that. And then Jesus comes along. Jesus enters the picture and lives begin to change. Sick people are healed. There is hope restored. The Messiah is here. But yet his own people go on to disown him. beaten, he's whipped, he has a crown of thorns smashed onto his head, and he hung on a cross. He declared, it is finished. Not his life was finished. His job was finished. His work was finished. He took your sin. He took my sin. He died on that cross and made that ultimate sacrifice. If you don't know that, that's what he's done for you. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, let me tell you, he died on a cross for you. He took all the mess-ups and the sin. He's already done, died on the cross for it. And then three days later, three days later, he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave. His resurrection power now lives in us. The Holy Spirit now lives in us. And now we get to experience the peace of God because he immediately restored it. He immediately restored it. And let me tell you, when we begin to trust in him, when we begin to move, right, when we begin to, to love and enjoy the things that he has created, we get to experience his peace. We get to experience.